as a student, how many black teachers did you if your have? answer is two or less, you are not alone. We know that black teachers are under attack. And with all the conversation happening about black teacher recruitment, shouldn't we be talking about retention too? So where are all of our black teachers? I'm so glad you asked. In the new monthly podcast series from Two Dope Productions, the exit interview coming in late January, Asia Lyons. Hey, y'all. And me, Kevin Adams, talk with former black educators who've been pushed out of the classroom. We want to know their stories. Who or what made them leave? How was their family affected by the push out? And most importantly, what are they doing now that they've left the classroom? If you'd like to be on the exit interview, reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Dope Teachers or email us at twodopeteachers at gmail.com. How is everybody doing? How is everybody doing? We're going to give some wait time. Hopefully they're doing great. You just interrupted my wait time, bro. We're going to give them wait time so they can answer. You know, does that ever happen where people don't? You're like, I'm trying to give wait time and the kids want to answer. You're like, no, wait time. And they're like, what is your problem, man? Let me talk. <laughs> so, like, funnily enough, um, I, I learned this strategy. It's, it's like, do you know the waterfall strategy in the chat? No, what's that? One? All right. So what you do, and and so what this does is it is it allows additional processing time for kids who it just takes a minute to like formulate their thoughts, and it yep. also prevents them from just saying what the person above them just said. So what yes. you do is you say, okay. Um, for your exit ticket, I would like you to type this sentence. I want you to type it in the chat, but don't hit enter yet. All right? Oh, uh, yeah, I've heard seconds. of this. And then they all press it at once. Yeah. And so it's supposed to have this, like, really cool effect. Well, so, like, half the kids post early. And I'm like, no, you're not doing it right. Like, no. <laughs> so it's like the equivalent. <laughs> no, it's of, not working the right way. Of, of kids talking through wait time. And uh, and, th- and in my 10th grade class, there's always one. It's I know it's always the same kid. I'm like, you didn't wait. She's like, ah, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I did what you wanted me to do. But I just, I can't help it. I just hit enter. I just hit enter. It's just the way it is. So, y'all, what's up? If you haven't figured it out already, you are here with two dope teachers and a microphone. My name is Gerardo Munoz. It's your man, Kevin Adams. Yeah, that's right. He's a grown man, Kevin Adams. And we are coming at you from the blizzardy, uh, you know, mid, not, we're not Midwest, the blizzardy Western Plains of Denver, Colorado. Um, I have never spent so much time shoveling in my life. Like there was a lot of snow to shovel. We got a whole. I have. Snow. I have, but uh, it's been a minute. It's, it's been, been a real a long time. Back in two, back in two thousand three, I think is the last time I shoveled like this much snow. See, my house was smaller back then, and the amount that I needed to shovel was like like all that was smaller. Plus, we got four days off of work, and so I didn't have to go anywhere. Um, definitely not like this though. Like 
I think I've probably shoveled eight or nine times since, since like, like when did this nonsense start? Saturday, Sunday, something like that. Sunday. So it started Saturday. It was light, but then it's, then it got, got real on Sunday. Well, then you see people like on Twitter attempting fate. They're like, what kind of snow is this? Big snowstorm, I guess. I'm like, man, y'all are asking for it. Y'all do not, do not taunt mother nature. She will come for you. They got it. They got came. It. They got it. But, uh, you know, and, and, and this is where you like have a, a little humble brag about Denver, but, uh, you know, the next day then it was like 48 degrees when it started to melt. Right. And sun, sun was shining blue skies. Yeah. So, you know, we, we get a little bit of weather, but it doesn't last forever. Yeah. So shout out to board of education, director Tay Anderson for holding a snowball fight over in central park yesterday uh super cool stuff didn't make it out because i couldn't get my car out um but it sounds like a lot of fun uh this has been tay's entire campaign to bring back snow days and i feel like we've hit a compromise so yesterday was a snow day today we had a remote only day um which was weird um all of us being at home like like literally everybody in my family is in education in some way shape or form and so you got me talking about racism in my ethnic studies class you have my spouse singing songs to four-year-olds downstairs and then you have my kid being passive aggressive in her remote classes because her life sucks right now uh we are two dope teachers and a mic if you are new to the show head over to mrmunoz.org and catch some old episodes you can also subscribe on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, shout out to Spotify. Y'all have not lost one of our episodes in weeks. It's beautiful. Y'all are there. We go. Spotify, bro. Kev, if they want to follow us on Twitter, what's our handle? Uh, At Two Dope Teachers. That's right. And if they follow us on Instagram, what's our handle there? At Two Dope Teachers. Man, you're two for two. All right. This is always this is always the hard one. And if you want to like us on Facebook, or as Cornelius says, if your auntie wants to like us on Facebook, you can like us at facebook.com slash two dope teachers and a mic. You got it. Three for three. Ding, 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 ding. You got it. So follow us. Give us a like. If you like what you're listening to, give us a five-star review on Apple podcast. Um, Cancel out that cat. They gave us a two. I'm still mad about that two star. Um, but uh, I'm going to have to let it go, right? I mean, no, you don't have to let anything go. That's true. I'm grown. <laughs> I'm grown. I am grown. Yeah, so uh, we also got some shout-outs that we want to do. Um, we want to shout-out those of you who are supporting us monthly in a financial way to help us keep the lights on and uh, keep the water running in the Two Dope Nation. Uh, but first and foremost, we need to shout-out Mr. David Cohen. Uh, this dude... Ben, he's that dude, isn't he? There we go. Do it yes, again. Do it again. There we go. There we go. <laughs> there we go for David Cohen. David Cohen gets the horn. Yes, indeed. Uh, we, I love that, by the way. Uh, so he, what y'all don't realize, and he, he, he'll, he does not want us to say this publicly, but he has been hosting our website for since day one, and this since been, jump, since jump. Since jump, no one's a day one or like like David Cohen, and he has That's... been doing this for free for five years. So we send him a little bit of love this week. Uh, hopefully, he appreciates it. Some uh, love that is reserved for people twenty one or over. 
and uh, hopefully he enjoys that. But yeah, shout out Dave. Uh, he's a good dude, great teacher, and uh, super generous, wouldn't you say? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. A behind the scenes supporter, but like people don't even know this, but he's the reason why there's a mic. Like he is, he is oh, the that's mic. right. He gave he's us the, the first mic. Where we got the mic. Gave us the first mic. He's a really funny dude. We need to have him on and just like talk about this stuff because he's brilliant and funny and interesting and deep. He's a good dude. Um, he was my room. He was my he was my school neighbor. That's my right. First, my first couple of years at DCIS. He was a great school neighbor. Y'all shared that weird kiln kitchen thing. Yes. Yes. I, now I don't. I feel weird. But that was like the worst because then I'd have to like chase students out of there. And those of us who know, like if you have rooms where students can hang out, yep. you all of a sudden <laughs> get students who are like, I'm just hanging out in this room. And yeah. rooms where students hang out, big surprise, a lot of times get messed up. Yeah. And you're like, who who has made this mess in here? Yeah. There'd be like sugar all over. Oh, man. Be like, it's like, y'all don't know how to clean up? Y'all know how to clean up. Like for real, y'all can't clean up. And you know, yeah, they're not like good at that yet. And um, like the microwaves in like student accessible spaces are- Oh yeah, yeah, horrible. It, lo it looks like the entrance to the upside down in um, in Stranger Things. That's what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> for real, that's what it'd be looking like. Hey, we're gonna give some shout outs real quick. Uh, we've got to shout out our uh, dopest of crews. Now, here's how this is going to work when we do our on-air shout outs. Uh, Kev, you got the sound effect ready? More shout outs. Yes. All right. Hold on. Oh, wait. Hold it. That's the wrong one. That, <laughs> well, I don't know what that was. <laughs> is that? No, that's that's not good. That's not good. Hold on. That's, no, it sounds there like we go. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Two dope horns. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to be shouting out our Patreon supporters, our patrons. Um, we're not using your actual names, so let's see if y'all can figure out who you are. So, to the dopest of crews, we got Young Esteban, Big Anthony, Dakembe, Vicky Victorious, Emily the Healer, Capital of Bulgaria, Skywalker. Kate will always holler back. That's right. John the Mon, the Quancer, Nate the Great, White Lady Teacher, Boiling Hot, Liv Marie, I'm not a Patsy. You can do it anytime you want. You can just keep going, keep it going. Uh, let's see, all the time, all time center back, Jen trying to start stuff. Not that Serena Williams, Alexis from back in the day, Funky Chris E, Camacho Dynasty, and the $10 founding mother. We also want to shout, so give him a big horn right there for our cute, for our dope crew. For, our, for this hella dope crew, we got Start Zeke Najee at the four. We got Marissa with the dope Italian last name. We got Pia Maria. We got Jen with the dope Graham. Al, Ali rousing the rabble. KJ of the day. Bram the history man. Leia Organa, otherwise known as General Leia. We got Never Jelly Kelly rapping Chem Teach. What is her name? San Patricio origin story. Aaron is daring you. Not that Michael Benya. Stack that cheese. That's it. Give it up for that hella dope crew. Give it up. Give it, it up. up. Thanks it for up. your support. All right, now, we got, now we got the two dope crew. Got the two dope. The two crew. dope. The two dope crew. We got Nicole's ball and chain. We got Maddie App. We got Big Nick. Natalie misses you like crazy. Bark ain't nowhere near the bite. Hello there, Asia. Hosan the Rican. Kels Chels. Be about that Lita life. Dumbledore's Antifa. Jackie Number. Facts and the Oak Tree. Queen. 
There we go. Thank you for your support. Without y'all, this would not be possible or necessary, frankly. Um, and a big welcome to Vaughn, Sarah, and Kate, our new pledges. We had our Kev, we had our first person pledge for above $15. Oh, that's what's up. Thank you so much. They figured out, wait a minute. I mean, I can give 15, but I could give more. And that's so dope. That's that two dope VIP. That's that two dope elite. Well, we're thankful for all of our supporters, That's all right. of y'all. That's right. Yeah, and, we really. And we just hope we can continue to put out fire content. We got some ideas, some, uh, as they say, yeah, uh, coals in the fire. Is that yeah. what they say? Coals in the fire? Sure. Irons in the, in the fire, fire. Irons in the fire. I mean, you need both, honestly. You can put in whatever you want. We got logs in the fire. We, we put whatever we want in this fire, but it's to keep y'all warm. Yeah, absolutely. We're trying to keep you warm uh, and just thank you. No, and honestly, like we're, I'm playing around with the shout outs, but you know, uh, it really does mean so much to us. You're giving us opportunities to do things, to give back, to get more stories out here. We have a second podcast. I don't know if y'all heard, but it's called The Exit Interview and the man Kev and the sister Asia are, are doing that one, telling stories of black teachers who got run out the job and uh, just some beautiful things. So, um, you know, the more the more you uh, support, the more it in inspires and motivates us to keep bringing you that content. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to yeah, start, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We up here. Um, yeah, so uh, I wanna share really quick before we uh, get into this. I, I wanna talk, I, want, I wanna start a new thing. Cause you know, I'm on, you know how I'm on Twitter uh, 75 hours a day, right? Yes. 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 It's, I still I still don't know if this is the most healthy decision for you, but, <laughs> but I'm going to support it. All right. All right. Yeah, we got a lot. Twitter Twitter's great. Like I saw somebody tweet about it. Um, now, obviously, this was on Twitter, but it's like the, social media is weird. Like Facebook makes you hate your family members and close friends. But Twitter makes you best friends with people you never met. <laughs> with complete strangers. It's so like, strange. what's up with that? It's, What's up with that? I don't know. Like something about it, if you don't already know people, something about the type of connection you can reply or not. Like I don't I don't know what it is. Like Facebook, I, I think I think why Facebook is a toxic cesspool is that it's people that you know and sometimes they put stuff out there where you're just kind of like, man, I wish I didn't know that about you. I didn't need to know that. They I offer up everything. I did not need to know that about you. For some reason, Facebook is just horrible. So this tweet comes from, this is, okay, so full disclosure. Take that, Mark Zuckerberg. Take that, Take Mark that. Zuckerberg. But for real, don't don't like hack. We are on Instagram, so like, you know, don't mess up our account. <laughs> uh -oh. um, so, uh -oh. so this was actually from the end of Black History Month, which I think is apropos. This tweet comes from Dr. Watson, at Terry N. Watson. A great follow on Twitter. The tweet is, what? to the Negro is an anti-racism workshop. Your thoughts, sir. <laughs> I, it's like, I feel like, like, like it was written during one of these, anti, like it was just like sitting there. And then I can't help but love the reference to Frederick Douglass's to what use is the yep. 4th of July to the Negro, right? But again, yeah. it's the same. It's like, <laughs> You speak to me about your anti-racist uh, work, but yet 
you 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 make racial microaggressions to me constantly throughout yeah. the day. Yeah, yeah, you only <laughs> let me be a student advisor. <laughs> That's right. You're just like, wait, wait, what is going on? And it's like, uh, well, how has impl implicit bias impacted your life? <laughs> it's like, uh, interrogate. I it's like, do you view people? Now, I've been engaged in, in, in a equity PD experience as a result of my position in leadership. And at oh. times, early on, I felt like, uh, and it's it split up into modules. There's like eight modules, maybe nine modules. I was like, wait, are we going to be doing this into the summer? We need to speed this up. Because like, we've been working on this all year and like, yeah. we ain't got nowhere. And things ain't uh, getting well, more equitable. Well, the interesting thing is, is like, the, it, that's the discussion that gets put on the back burner, right? So we're, right. we have a lot of work as an instructional leadership team, but things are considered, you know, I think, I don't say it because I don't want to make this judgment about yeah, you know, yeah. our team, but it's not that they're more important. It's urgency, right? And we all know, you know, given those uh, characteristics of white supremacist culture, urgency is one of them, right? Yeah, it's, like, so, it's like number two or three. Yeah. You know, equity, <laughs> equity goes out the window um, for the sake of urgency, right? Yep. Um, but, but again, like sitting through some of them, and like I say, some of them, because some have been good, there's some related to, finally, we've gotten to some about um, LGBTQIA+, yep. and um, identity and gender fluidity, and yeah, um, uh, sexual orientation, all of that stuff, you know, um, which I think is really important to get to. Um, it's just for me, though, some of that some of the stuff on race just seems really entry level for me. It's not like the area yeah. um, I need to work on when it comes to anti-racist work, yeah. right? For me, it's about finding ways to really affirm, you know, my community yeah. and my people and help to work for me. It's to help to heal my community from all of these wounds, you know, yeah. inflicted from 400 plus years of, racism in this country on this yeah. land you know not to mention throughout the human you know history of like the modern world right yeah. with this moment where we start to say black is bad black is different yeah um yeah no I so mean, yeah go ahead my bad no i'm just saying i love that tweet i love that tweet and it's i can relate tweet. to it i think it's a, a lot of folks tweet. can yeah and I, you know I've experienced the same thing. So I was in a workshop a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago. I don't know. Time all runs together right now in the, in a, in a pandemic. Yes. And, um, yes. and so we watched, um, we watch uh, Chimamanda Adichie's Ted talk about a, the danger of a single story, which I'm, yes, which I love her work and it's such a beautiful talk, but I think I have it memorized at this point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, I feel like, that's what half of these like equity workshops should be like. They're like, um, oh, there's a great TED it, talk. There's a great TED talk about it, that. I checked at Chiamanda. We need to just go ahead. Here you go. For real, uh, for real. Hey, we've been using on, a lot of your material. I wonder if she would come on the show and answer questions. Because like there's there was this whole thing with Carol Dweck, right? When when yes. mindset kind of caught on. And then Carol Dweck had to kind of go from space to space and say, okay, okay, okay. So there's more to it than just saying it's a kid's responsibility. Like, like there's, there's there, like there are power dynamics and I write about those power dynamics 
like you can't leave that piece out you know people um, people hear what they want to hear right and and i feel like um i feel like Adichie probably feels the same way but so i was in this workshop and the guiding questions around the danger of a single story were what are your biases and reflect on your teacher identity how does your teacher identity marginalize some i think those are great questions like yes. i could just be honest for white teachers when it comes to race right yeah like and and that's what we were sort of talking about because that talk really leads us in the direction of racial identity and racial construction and nationality and pop culture and all those kinds of things and so i kind of raised the point i said you know i'm all about us like you know sort of setting example is lead learners to name our biases. Like I, I have biases. I absolutely have biases, but there's a good number of my biases that come as a result of living in a racist society. And so some of those biases might be, I'm a little, I kind of try to protect myself in certain spaces. Um, I'm distrustful of people from the dominant group. I, you know, I'm damaged by being a minoritized person in terms of race. And so I kind of raised that question and to their credit, they really embraced it. But, but it is that kind of question. Like when we go to these anti-racism PDs, it's almost like they're saying, well, we really need to work on the white people, which I think is true. But I think to your point, there are spaces where we need an opportunity to interrogate the power and privilege that we have um, within the spaces that we operate in and it needs to be a safe space. So um, brilliant tweet. It's a gold medal tweet. It's a two dope tweet. And uh, Dr. Watson, if you listen, you should come on this show. Yes, we'd love to have you. So Kevin, I have a, a really important question for you. How are uh, is it about how to follow us on Twitter and Instagram? No, no you pass that one. You're doing At great. Two dope teachers. You've run the gauntlet. You're you're doing great. Um, I want to ask you, how are you doing? How how do you really mean how am I doing? Or is I this like do, brother? I is do. this like copy room? How you doing? No, <laughs> this is this is man. How you doing though? Man, okay, truth. So I mean, I think <laughs> this is all of us right now. Yeah, a year out from 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 I guess what we call D Day of COVID for us in the Denver area. We know some people, folks on the West Coast and places like Washington, uh, you were a little ahead of us, you know, in some of your experience, people, folks in California, um, what you were going through and what was happening in your states. But I think for all of us throughout the country, you know, a year to the date we pass, we keep passing like every day is this new anniversary, right? So like, we're, we are to the day, past the day where the NBA, you know, we remember we saw the NBA players get pulled off the court. Can I also say something about- really upsetting about that? So the Go last ahead. Nuggets game before the league shut down, they got yes. hails kicked by the Dallas Mavericks. And the first game on the anniversary of the NBA shutdown, what they happened? They got their tails kicked by they the Dallas. Got their tails kicked by the Dallas Mavericks. I'm salty about that. Um, but they be- <laughs> year, year to the date. I'm like, how so are we tough. gonna go out like that? But yeah, yeah no, I remember that. I remember that, and I remember the dude Matt Moore. Catch my interview on Locked On Nuggets. Matt Moore, hardwood paroxysm on on Twitter about four or five days before that happened. He reported it. He said there's a chance that we will not have basketball for a while. And 
like he's and he's not he's not a hysterical person and i was like oh bruh oh man this is scary and so you know like thinking about that and then just going past other stuff and now we finally got into you know our last day in the classroom which was march 13th and uh you know just looking back a year out and and thinking about all the stuff that's gone on and i think everybody has this feeling like dang that went by very fast but it seems like it's taken forever and like just as a teacher I mean, all the ups and downs from the time of like learning that we were coming back to, to, you know, prepping to learn how to use, you know, Google Classroom and everybody setting up their stuff and like feeling excited and then being deflated when it just went over, you know, like uh, a ton of bricks, right? And, and, and then- I seem to recall a couple of angry podcast episodes that- Yes, uh, yes. That a couple of, that, that a black and brown man did um, let's see, we were angry about like going to remote. We were angry. We dragged Schoology. Um, we dragged Google Meet. Um, do we drag anything else? I mean, I think we dragged a lot of stuff throughout, like <laughs> a lot of things. You think about it all, like, and, and just as a teacher, and, and I noticed it in the students too, is, is I think that you hit a wall. You know what I mean? I don't know about you, but do you feel like you're kind of like at a wall? And we were talking before, it's like, and we, our district is late. Uh, we know a lot of other districts are on spring break right now yeah. uh, or next week, but yeah. uh, we actually have this week and, and the next week, two more weeks till spring break. Yeah. Um, because for some reason, our spring break is at the end of, of, of spring. <laughs> <laughs> the day before easter so whatever that's about there's oh the, they're oh, like oh, no it's literally going to be the first day of spring my, my sister uh follow her at mama doula 79 she gets mad when people try to follow her um because she's a very private introverted person not like her big brother um like they so they're in the seattle area and their spring break isn't until like mid-april and they go to late june i'm like what is that <laughs> what's going on what is this nonsense? No, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I remember the last thing I did um, that was really memorable was we had that soccer tournament. Uh, yes. And, um, it, and, and the thing that's so sad is that for a lot of the, uh, for a lot of the girls soccer players who are seniors, that was the last time they played soccer through a school. It was yep. Because they, their first game, which was supposed to have happen that day, was canceled. My kids' first uh, JV varsity or JV uh, soccer game was canceled, and um, yeah, and like hitting that wall, man, bro, you've been with me. I I hit that wall daily, like not anymore. I, I, I'm now I'm just hitting it weekly. Um, but but feeling these dramatic swings between I can do this and somebody just give me COVID, like because I can't handle it. Just go ahead and give me COVID. <laughs> Give me the Kobe, fine, whatever. Give me some Ronies, and I got the Ronies, so you know. Yes, yeah, you already did that. Yeah. Been there, done that. Yeah. So but no, it's wild. It's yeah. it's wild to be at this point. Yeah, I agree, and um, you know, now we're kind of approaching this point. It was really amazing. Um, 
our school leadership announced um, the last couple of days that our community has had zero positive COVID cases since December. It's incredible. Yes. And uh, it, it kind of goes to show that when communities um, even take it a little bit seriously, you can kind of stop the spread. And, and I just, I think that that's a piece that our communities don't get enough recognition for because we do, we do serve communities with a lot of essential workers with black and brown folks who are extremely vulnerable for lots of different reasons. Um, and we've been able to stem the spread as far as we know. And so that's been a wonderful thing, but um, you know, even with this kind of light at the end of the tunnel, I, I, you know, bro, summer can't get here fast enough. Cause like last summer didn't really feel like a summer cause there was so much uncertainty. Yeah. It was just that like was the thing. all the time, like worrying and being quarantined and not seeing people and not doing anything that I associate with summer and now your boy is about to get his second vaccine on Thursday. And Uh-oh, don't go out. Don't go out wild no, now. But you know, don't be like, I'm I'm at I'll get my second dose. Nah, I'll be at nah, the nah, club nah. Friday night. Yo, I'm going to Miami. What you talking about? No, I'm kidding. So no, the I ain't going anywhere. No, but what this does mean on a serious tip is it means that I can because my 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 parents will be vaccinated, fully vaccinated, yep. fully yep. vaccinated yep. for a while. Uh, my spouse is fully vaccinated and then I'll be fully vaccinated. It means that we might actually be able to see each other. And my, my mom will actually get to hug her granddaughter. And that's, that's right. And that's pretty amazing. And, you know, obviously they're still being safe and obviously we're not out of the woods, but, um, but yeah. And uh, just the nervousness um, of all of it. But um you know, it's, you know, we, we keep soldiering on and, and I think that, um, I, I think it's just going to be really, and so w- one thing I have in my room, um, is a stack of notebooks that I had grabbed from the kids. Cause I was like, okay, I got to grade some work over this three week spring break. And then, and then that was it. Right. It, it would just be <laughs> interesting to flip through those notebooks and just see what the kids were writing about at that point, you know, cause now it's all COVID now it's all pandemic. Now it's all quarantine, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. But it was probably about COVID right up to, up get to some of that point. Cause that's what started to come. It just swept through everything yeah. and then gradually just overtook everything. Right. And uh, you know, that's the interesting thing, but I think right now also, you know, looking back at, uh, us being back in the classroom in person for, you know, almost about like six, seven weeks now. It really is interesting to see how, you know, in particular with my students, middle school students, how they're starting to get comfortable. Right. And, and, and they're like starting to exhibit more middle schooler behaviors. Right. Which I'm thankful for, but um, it, it really does remind you of how much they've missed out on, you know, like these kids came into sixth graders and, and they haven't really, a lot of them haven't really experienced what middle school truly is. Yeah. I mean, we've got kids, I have a seventh grade advisement we've got, and, and there's some high schoolers as well who just transferred in who haven't really experienced the school and they've been there almost an entire academic year. So it's a really interesting thing to think about. So um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to look at some of the ways that students are adjusting and some of the things that are on students' minds uh, regarding this return to school, regarding all of this stuff, stick 
with us. We are deeply grateful for all your support these last few years. Your engagement on social media, your downloads, and your enthusiasm have kept us going since we started this Too Dope adventure nearly five years ago. Right, Kev? Yes. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for your ongoing support of the content that remixes the conversation about race, power, and education. We have big hopes and dreams that you have inspired and with your support, those dreams begin to take shape in reality. In the coming weeks, you will learn about projects that we can now go forward with because you stepped up. Yeah, we're so happy. Of course, we still have numerous projects filed away that are awaiting your support. You can support these projects by visiting patreon.com slash 2 teachers. Patrons who join at the 2Dope level get a 2Dope Nation sticker. And what's better than stickers? Um, it's designed by local uh, artist Sham. And for a limited time, limited time, the next five 2Dope patrons will get a copy of Cornelius Miner's book, We Got This. What? What a deal. Hey, that is, and it's signed. And That's it's signed. right, and it's signed. <laughs> Patrons will enjoy special access to us in the form of Ask Me Anything threads, throwback old episodes, occasional Zoom meetings, and sneak previews to upcoming work and public appearances. Our upcoming podcast series, The Exit Interview, featuring the brilliant Asia Lions, which highlights the stories of black teachers who are forced out of teaching is only possible because of our patrons. Right, and I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be so dope. So we asked and you responded. We look forward to growing and learning with you. Let's remix this conversation on race, power, and education. Before we went to, were you going to say something? You look like you're going to say something. I, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. This is great. I think you have to hold it right up to the mic because because you don't. There we go. There we go. Shout out to shout out to my dude uh, D Line Co. Uh, one of my one of my best Twitter friends uh, yes. who uh, makes that noise on the DNVR like post game show when the Nuggets win. So he goes. Burp, burp, burp. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. I mean, that, I think that's like literally one of the greatest noise. And uh, if you if you want to get your students' attention, you know, drop them, drop drop that a little. I need to do it more often. I haven't done it in a while. Yeah, so I'll probably do it tomorrow. It'd be great to get one of those like little sound boards. That you just kind of like you had just have it all like all that. Yes, ready to go. Yeah. Don't don't tempt me now. Don't oh, tempt no, me, man. You know that I'm here for the foolishness, bro. You know, uh, you got that stimmy coming. Stimmy money works great on musical equipment. Do we get a? I don't think I get a stimmy. I don't know. I, I hope because we got know. a whole bunch. We got a whole bunch of elected officials making six figures, deciding who gets fourteen hundred dollars and who doesn't. <laughs> so, um, so we before the break, we were kind of talking about how we remember the last year and how surreal the whole thing has been. Um, kind of the situation with students. So there's this uh, this article in the Times, Kev, that came out about a week ago, 
And um, I just want to kind of get your thoughts on it, man. So the headline is, I was so nervous back to class after a year online. And so what we're seeing nationwide is that schools that, uh, schools that went online, sorry, can you hear me? I, yes. I did something really weird and okay. Um, You're here. So, you know, with schools that, that have been online and that's like all of them, right? Uh, to, to some certain extent. Um, yes. Have um, started the process of reopening. Like we've started the process of reopening. There's a lot of other places that have yep. started that process of reopening. And there's been a lot of conversation from adults about what this moment sort of means. We just haven't had a whole lot of um, a whole lot of input from like what kids are feeling. So the times, you know, went to places like Chicago and New York. They got hit really hard, and um, and and they kind of got a take from what kids are feeling. So, like they they have the story of this Maisie Robinson, um, and it reads. I'll just read this intro. Maisie Robinson was so excited for her first day of kindergarten that she woke up at two thirty a.m. to make her family breakfast. Unfortunately, the cereal was kind of soggy by the time we got up, said her mother, Lindsay Post Robinson, but that hardly dulled Maisie's enthusiasm. She skipped to school last week in her purple coat, part of a wave of Chicago elementary school students who met their teachers and classmates in person for the first time. And then, so they talk about the return of the lower grades um, yep. you know, first, and then they start talking about, so last Monday, um, their Chicago middle schoolers started coming back and they still don't really have a plan for high schoolers to come back. So it's yep. pretty yep. interesting. New York City uh, started welcoming high school students back into the classroom on March 22nd. And they talked to a senior um, in, in New Orleans also who says it was like a whole be it was a whole new beginning. I was so nervous. I didn't sleep the night before. So I, I've been thinking about this. That's, that's how I felt when I, to yeah. be honest, I felt a lot of that way when we came back, it was like, okay, what's it going to be like, you know, and, and, and what's going to happen. What was driving uh, anxiety for you? That's what I'm curious about. You know, I think it was, it was twofold. I think part of it was like, and I think some teachers mentioned it. It felt like it was the first day of school, yeah. right? Because I hadn't seen a lot of these kids. I had never met them. You had to get to know them. You know, you have this image. It's like the radio experience where people, it's like probably how people feel. They imagine us, you know, maybe as like moderately good looking dudes. But then when they see us, they're like, oh my gosh, they're extremely good looking those, dudes, right? Those are handsome gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. But you know that experience <laughs> where you you see the radio host and, and it, it's not the same. It's not the person you imagine, yeah. right? It's not the person that you imagine. And so like with the, with the students, and also we're looking at pictures from a year ago, you know, for a lot of the sixth graders from fifth grade. Um, <laughs> and you change so much, you change hairstyles. So getting them to know, notice, you know, a nervousness about that. Um, and then I think in the background, you know, like of my mind and, you know, as you pointed out, we haven't had any COVID cases since de December in our community, <laughs> but, but again, really just being nervous about COVID and yeah. really just like, how am I going to make all this work? Plus the anxiety of running the technology, you know, to make a hybrid classroom work. Plus, the, you know, all the routines and wiping down. And like tomorrow I have, uh, because my class is switched, now I have to really focus on wiping down all the desks in between the passing period before I let my advisement in, yeah. right? Before, because I had mostly 
just one student or two students who left that class. So how now, many students do you have? Like, what's your percentage of students in person versus virtual? So in the sixth grade um, and in the eighth grade, in my eighth grade class, I have eight students that are in person. Eight students, okay. Yeah, and now, and, and in my uh, sixth grade classes, I had uh, anywhere from uh, 15 to 13 rostered. Okay. Now, some kids never showed up, right? Um, and so we moved them. Um, but in sixth grade, it's been the heaviest with the most, you know, and I think it goes along this trend that the younger kids kind of need a little more support yeah. and parents want to get them back. Um, yeah. But uh, but you'd also have some kids, you know, who are not always going to be there in person. Some days they just be like, you know, with weather or car trouble or a variety of reasons and oh, feeling sure. a little sick, yeah. um, would be at home. So, but usually, you know, at least 12 to 13 in every class or yeah. 11 to 13 in every class each day, yeah. um, which has been interesting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so all of, yeah. all of those things, I think, gave the anxiety and, and that made me not be able to sleep that night before returning. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. Like for me, I, I feel like I've just gotten really good at compartmentalizing stuff. Like... I kind of like, okay, I know the guidelines. Well, I, I didn't know the guidelines. And then you told me the guidelines because I don't pay attention in meetings. <laughs> and um, I'm like, okay, well, this is how that this is going to be. And, you know, it's like I was I just had the, the, the thing that I had the hardest time working through was a deep sense of anger and resentment that we were being sent back into the classroom without being fully vaccinated. And yeah. that was extremely disappointing and frustrating for me. Um because, you know, I, I and, and not because I don't want to get COVID like that. That's not wise because I want to give it to, you know, students to take it home where they have people who are really vulnerable. So I had to really work through the anger through that whole thing. In fact, I feel like you and me wrote some diss tracks about <laughs> going back in January. That's right. That's right. We I'm did. Sorry. Um, you know, and we got to debut that track. We, we do. Gotta, we gotta I got to finish like, it up. And debut it I feel like for it was the world. I feel like it was pretty good. Um, you the, have bars on it. People will be impressed. <laughs> um, you know, and but you know, and he, here's where I kind of sit in this kind of uncertainty and this kind of awkwardness because I, I still think it's pretty atrocious. Um, you know, the the rollout of the vaccine. You know, despite the fact that there's all these reasons to do it, I th still think it's been pretty categorically poorly done from the top down. Um, but bro being around my students, it, it just gave me like, I don't know how I, I didn't when we came back from winter break, I didn't know how I was going to do another day of remote teaching, let alone an entire semester. And coming back in person with a few students, it just gave me energy, man. It was just like kids that I haven't like to your point, kids I hadn't seen in months that are there and we have a relationship and it was and it, and it gave me some bounce, honestly, man. It's just I look forward to you know seeing them, um, despite the 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 discomfort that I'm kind of feeling. And so so I slept extremely well the night before, but I think it's because I just maybe it's an adaptation. I just kind of compartmentalize and I'm kind of like, okay, I'm gonna put my head down, I'm gonna put my gear on, I'm gonna go in there, I'm not gonna do anything fancy. The only time I got frustrated with this is when I, is when I was trying to actually be a great teacher where it was like 
okay, I just need to be here. I need to make sure the tech works, which is a tall order. Um, and I, and I just need to make sure I'm here for kids. And I'm being flexible and kind with kids and like, you know, but, but that voice kind of sneaks in. It's like, man, I should be doing a lot better than what I'm doing right now. And, um, that's been kind of my struggle. Um, I was a little surprised that kids were so hesitant to come back because I think, I think what we hear from a lot of corners and this is a lot of policymakers and this is a lot of education media where they talk yeah. about this is so hard on kids. This is so tough on their mental health. You know, kids need to be back in school. Kids need to be back in school. Kids need to be back in school. And then you look at it and kids are like, I don't know if I want to be back in school. Like, you know, and, and I think they're living in the same contradiction that we are, you know? Um, so I think about my own kid and how two things are true. The first is she's terrified of getting COVID and passing it to people. And yeah. the second is that she misses being around other kids. And those two yeah. things intermingle with each other. And, it, and it's been borderline impossible for her to feel like she knows what she wants. Like she'll go back two days a week in person, but she's not comfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah. Are, is her school moving back to allowing kids to go two days a week? Yeah. And they, that, that's how they roll. And they're saying after spring break that they're going to be a hundred percent in person. Really? Mm -hmm. that's it's really interesting. It's very interesting. Um, yeah. So it's kind of an interesting thing and she's very nervous about that. Um, you know, the, uh, so, so just kind of looking at these stories that are happening, you know, the, the, the job of all the wiping down of stuff has been really interesting. And, um, and seeing how kids are kind of handling this, I've just found it really like fascinating. And what it kind of tells me is that kids are extremely uncertain as well. And, and I think, I think they're not gonna be the same when they come back. You know, I don't know. Have we talked about this before? I, I don't know if we have, but I feel like I, I feel like getting back in person is just the beginning. Like there's a lot that kids are going to have to work through. Well, I mean, I think you have to go through it, right? You have to get used to wearing a mask. Yep. You have to get the kids got used to like having their uh, movement constricted within the building. Yep. You know, they had to get used to not eating lunch, having to leave, you know, and so like to that point, like, even though, like, returning, it still doesn't feel normal to me. Like, I hate wearing a mask. Yeah. Um, like, I hate having to teach you that. It's, like, the worst. Yeah. I got to stop. I, I, I might stop wearing my face shield. Yeah. I don't know. I'm flirting with the idea because uh, I don't have any glasses or anything. But I guess mm -hmm. I could wear some, like, some of those goggles. But I don't, uh, I don't have a lot of kids. And, like, I'm, like like a lot of kids in person and I don't talk to anybody at school. So <laughs> like it feels like it's low risk. Do you ever get drop-ins like randos, like adults that drop in the chat? No, nah, man. I, I think, like, I think people don't know. I'm, people know I'm not having it. <laughs> I get that. I get, I get, I'm like, you know what? That might be geography, bro. Cause you're in my old room. And yeah, there is something about being down there. A lot of people just drop in. A lot of people come through cause it's right by the door. <laughs> I like I like being uh, this is a whole different story. We should do a thing about like geography of the classroom, like yep. your favorite classrooms that you've had in the past. Oh yeah. Once I had this giant classroom that was like the weirdest room in the world. <laughs> I thought it would be great because I was like, I was like stepbrothers. I was like, there'll be so much room for activities. <laughs> we can do things. 
we can- and, and and then like it I, I realized it was like I have a wrestling ring in my room. There's like a big open space for kids. Like it'd be cool if we were working on posters. You know how like you get the big butcher paper yep. and you might make something. It's like cool for that because the kids could spread out. But like in other ways, it was like there is too much space. And so all the molecules spread out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I had a great room at one point that um, that actually had a view of the downtown Denver skyline. And that was pretty great in the morning. Like I could just sit there. My desk was by the window. I, I could just sit there and like look at the buildings for a little bit. Um, also, that's where I was sitting on 9-11. Oh, wow. Wow. So it's a very mixed kind of thing. But the room was beautiful. It had computers big round tables like it was great for project based I, I had a beautiful room on the second floor at Mori, but the windows uh, for some reason were treated in the 70s with some sort of protective film <laughs> yeah. and, which had led to in the <laughs> in the aughts just becoming like can't see through just completely blurred but today they fixed those you can actually see through the windows I've been I've had it confirmed. People are like, no, you could see out the windows at Maury now. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember we we lost the soccer championship to Maury um, two years in a row, I want to say. And uh, so the, the Maury coach and I had an agreement that, you know, whoever lost had to, you know, bring a gift to the to the one who won. And I remember going in that building and being like, this feels like some carry stuff. Like this is a, <laughs> this is an ominous set of hallways. Here. It's an old school feel, right? Like I think it was built in like 1926. Yeah. So it's got like this real old school feel to it. Like you go down in the basement and it's on some straight Freddy Krueger boiler room stuff. <laughs> yep. We'll have to talk about that, man. Definitely. So, so the last thing that kind of jumped out at me, um, and and I and I'll be curious to get your thoughts on this too because we, you know, we we've got these approaches that we take when we're working with students about you know not requiring cameras to be on, you know, asking for evidence of engagement. That's not always on the mic. That's not always with the camera. Sometimes it's in the chat. Sometimes it's taking a poll like other ways. Um, but this really stood out to me. Um, so this is um, a 15-year-old uh, named Freddie Sussman. Family moved from Houston to New Orleans in August. He's spent most of the year staring at black squares on his laptop screen, unable to meet his fellow freshmen who usually keep their cameras off during remote learning. Sometimes he said he's the only student who turns his camera on, but that just makes him feel more lonely. It's like you're trapped in a dark realm, he said. You can't see anybody. It's almost as if you're being forced not to have friends or classmates to talk to. Um, and then he, he also talked about, let's see, he talks about the school being really different. But that's kind of interesting because is there a case to be made that, you know, really maybe we should have our cameras on. At least you get some sense that you're not by yourself in this like dark void. What are your thoughts on, on that, on that kind of, description that he gives i mean i had the chance to like as um, our instructional leadership team at the school made a really big move uh to just interview some kids who are either in person or virtual just about their experience just to try to get some more data um about what was going on for them just so we could really make sure that you know uh, we're doing the best that we can for kids and one of the things that one of my sixth graders who was on the meeting said, 
uh, was that she doesn't turn on her camera. She's like, I turn on my camera sometimes, but everybody else doesn't have their camera on. So I keep it off because I don't mm-hmm. want to be the only one with my camera on. Right. And so I think part of it is just that, you know, behavior of children. But yeah. like I think about us as adults and a lot of times, you know, um, we will have our cameras on, but I think other times we won't. Yeah. And so I think that'll be the question of eternity. Right. Is is. Um, did they should they have turned their cameras on or should they have not right and um i think i think the best thing that i've learned from it is give them reasons to turn their camera on especially with the middle schoolers playing games where they had a reason to turn their camera on they would turn it on right um and i think that's where i've had some success with kind of building community not every kid has turned it on right and i don't there's some kids that i will you know, maybe never know what they actually look like because I won't have them next year. I might just see them in the school. Well, and if kids move, there's been a lot of families displaced as a result of the pandemic. A lot of families getting priced out of the neighborhoods that they live in. Like there's a very good possibility that you've got this uh, avatar that you look at the entire academic year and then you never see them again. Yep, yep. So, so, you know, thinking about that, but I, I think going back to it, you know, I think maybe there are some schools that I, I guarantee you there are some schools and school districts where turning on the cameras, the expectation, right? Mm-hmm. Regardless yep. Yep. of all of the, the perspectives on culturally responsive teaching, That's right. you know, building relationships, but then also just the overall, like I've heard that if you have your camera on, you're actually use, making, using, a, a, leaving a bigger carbon footprint yeah, in a Google Meet at a Zoom conversation, right? Um, and also like, I know we started encouraging kids and we still do, if we're like watching a video, everybody turn off your camera. Yeah. So it doesn't lag as much, including me. Yep. Yep. Including me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, and I run my battery down so fast if my camera's running, like it's wild. Yeah. And I think like, I I don't think I, I I think it's kind of a false choice, right? Should we, or should we not? I I think that's, I think, honestly, I think that kind of discourse is beneath us. Right. Um, yep. But I think, again, you know, and, and our conversation with Dr. LeGarrette King just really echoes with me is that there's a lot of uncertainty and there's a lot of complexity in, in that reality. And I think that's something to kind of keep into account, like, you know, um, that, that there are some students who, who actually probably wouldn't mind having their camera on if everybody else didn't have theirs off. But at the same time, there are very legitimate reasons not to have the camera on. It's just interesting. Like, and I think the more we take time to hear kids about just what's this been like for you? Like, what's this been like? Um, I think the more we're going to be able to inform, you know, later when we have to respond to trauma and we have to respond to, you know, this kind of anxiety, like, I don't know if I'm ever going to, because I don't have much career left, bro. Um, Like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to go into a school year and just expect I'm going to teach in the classroom all year. Like, I think I'll always be afraid. You're worried worried that it's going to come down. down. Like, something's like. Some's going to go down. And now, like, it's like the, it's like the cat's out of the bag and we can't put it back. (laughs) You know, like, it'll be really hard to trust that school is like going to be like. The things we used to just count on, like I'm gonna go to my building and work. Um, yeah, I'm always gonna have anxiety about that because that's how I'm built. Yeah, but I, you know, I think in terms of it, like 
that's where I'm a little different. Like I know that we're going to get past it because I've seen us get past other things and things, you know, and that we'll look back five years down the road. I just remember other things like Parkland school shooting, right? And thinking yeah. about like, what, what will life be like after that? Or even 9-11, like you mentioned. And, and then we right. get down the road and the next, of course, thing emerges that like become like, and, and, and I guess this is the perspective now. It's like, what, what, what can come next? What could be <laughs> that, that's worse where than the- is. I'm like, oh man, like <laughs> what, what, what happens stuff, next? Like, what else could happen? <laughs> you know, and hopefully, hopefully in some ways we, we are done with, with those kind of wilds, ups and downs, but I guess that's part of the ride. Right. And, and I think yeah. as historians, I think we can appreciate just that wild historical ride. Yeah. And, and I think appreciate this idea of looking back on these times, yep. like just being like, wow, that was, that was interesting. That was tough. Yep. How did we get through that? What yep. was I doing? You know, like, yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, I think it's interesting to just kind of see this as kind of a turning point. Like I was listening to podcast 19 and they were talking about how COVID, um, may not be an epidemic or a pandemic going forward, but it'll, it'll be endemic, me- meaning that it'll be with us in some way, yep. shape, or form, um, you know, for a really long time. And like, I remember hearing them say, and this may or may not be wrong, so don't add us if we're wrong about this. Y'all got to stop coming at me when I'm wrong about things. Um, <laughs> but um, that the only disease ever fully eradicated was polio. Yes. Yeah. So, and and some fools got that making a rise. Oh, I know. <laughs> That's another thing. Well, I think it's a good time to start wrapping up. Uh, we both have to teach in the morning, and I got to finish digging out my car. Um, oh man. Yeah. Oh. Donut man. Oh. The the car the car my car is all dug out. Yeah. It's ready to go. Um, but mine yeah. is, mine's small. I can just pick it up and you just, know put it on the you know on the. That's. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah. So um, if you like what you are hearing on Two Dope Teachers in a Microphone, you can follow us on social media. We said all the deets early. Um, you can also give us that five-star rating um, and a review. Those help us move up in the podcast rankings. I've not looked at the rankings lately. I'm kind of scared um, because I don't know what's going on. But I feel like I feel like it's getting better. I feel like we're getting we're we're rising in the rankings. That's right. We should be. And if yeah. we're not, it's you know, it's on them. It's you know, because it is. Cause, you know, I think about this. It's like people who slept on. Uh, sometimes you're too great for the times. This is right. So people need to come. That's what I see. Like K dot as you know, <laughs> like is that he was too great, but like people eventually caught up to him. That's right. That's right. That's right. And you know, he just kept doing his thing. That's what we're gonna do. Hey, what if there was a March Madness of podcasts? Like that'd be that'd be dope. We could be in a podcast tournament and we probably would have to go against like code switch and like lose in the first round and and just be really disappointed. Um we're coming for you, Gene Demby. We're coming for you, Gene. Your voice is too (laughs) silky and sweet to be allowed to continue. That's Um, right. That's right. Uh, hey, listen, I got a couple of pieces out that people should read, bro. What I hit them with? See what they are. All right, hit so I wrote it. a thing on pausing CMAS testing in the state of Colorado for the Colorado Sun. Check that out. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then I have another piece in the most recent Learning for Justice, which is an artist formerly known as Teaching Tolerance um, about returning to the place of origin. (laughs) Check it, check it, check it. And then I had a super fun interview on Locked On Nuggets. That that was a bucket list thing, dude. I got to sit on my favorite Nuggets podcast and talk about basketball and teaching and Mike Malone and being a teacher and all that stuff. So did you hold it down? That's that's what the people want to know. Did you hold it down? I think I held it down. Matt Moore is an amazing dude. He's like super smart, super compassionate. Um, Does his research. Dude is like a real journalist. Like he does a great job. Um, and we got a lot of real uh, love afterwards um, for just something a little bit different um, than, you know, he's like, listen, um, you know, another day we're going to we'll talk about the pick and roll. We're talking about, you know, plus minus and all that kind of stuff. But today, you know, it's just important to talk about people and, you know, get get with the fans. And he had said after the episode that he hasn't spent enough time connecting with fans. So maybe that's something that's kind of started. It's all about the fans. It's all about the fans. It's all about the fans, except for the ones that are, except for the ones that are coming for Will Barton. Like that man, you leave Will alone. Um, My favorite Twitter. Oh, I have a good friend, Steve. My friend, shout out Steve. Yeah. Uh, But he he is very. Oh, you watch the game. I don't know if y'all can watch because he he gets on an anti Will Barton trip real fast. You know, real fast. People gotta put some respect on Will Barton's name. Like that dude. That dude was a starter on the team that won like 17 games that year. And there was one game where there were like 1900 fans in, in, in the can. So that's right. That's right. Me and, that's me right. and, your, me and your friend, Steve, are going to have to talk a little bit about Will. You guys will have to talk it out. I don't know. I've talked to him. He's very, he's very anti Will Barton. That's a, <laughs> that's a strange take. Um, Yeah. But, but there's a, but there, there's Will Barton hate. That's really strange. There's a great Twitter account called Will Barton union leader, which I just think really, fits him perfectly so shout out to deuce on that one um but yeah i don't know what that one was oh okay i'm (laughs) i accidentally hit him i don't know that was like a gong okay all right oh i uh, yeah i can i can see that i can see that well listen it's getting late and we're getting silly um my name is Arthur Munoz. he's kevin adams we are surviving this blizzard thank you everybody who sent us messages uh checking in with us making sure we were safe i said i don't know about kevin but i'm fine um and i'm fine i'm good <laughs> i'm fine i got my hot chocolate i got my high speed internet things are fine um but thank you <laughs> for the love we feel the love from the two nation every single day just want to wish you all staying warm staying defrosted staying safe staying off them roads staying ready for the next change but you know kev always beyond anything everybody just gotta make sure that they always stay, stay dope. Dope.